0: Hello, friends. Thank you for engaging with the homily by Pastor Chill Will from Chapel Hill. I hope this message encourages you, challenges you and moves you to go deeper in your faith and enrich how you love God and love your neighbor in your day to day life. Just a reminder, like the scriptures and gospels themselves, this homily was written for a particular community in a particular context, time and history. And yet, like our sacred texts, I hope that these words hold timeless truths about God's unconditional love and grace. We hope these words speak to you in a meaningful way. Reading from the prophet Isaiah chapter uh, 61, verses 1 through 4 and verses 8 through 11. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. To provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins, they shall raise up the former devastations, they shall repair the ruined cities, devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. The bridegroom decks himself with garland, and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Word of the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. With only four days left in Advent, yikes, as we acknowledge over the course of this season our deep longing for hope in a hopeless world, we hear a proclamation from the prophet Isaiah giving us a vision. Of hope. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. If these words sound familiar, they should. We not only heard them read from Isaiah in church last Sunday for the third Sunday of Advent, but also this is the text. Jesus used for his first sermon in his hometown of Nazareth. The fourth chapter of Luke, Jesus stands up in the synagogue and reads this text from Isaiah. And then I imagine that there's somewhat of a pregnant pause because Luke shares all the eyes were fixed on him. Then Jesus began to say, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." then started reflecting on the prophet Elijah and how Elijah challenged idolatry, how Elijah associated himself with widows, and how he blessed foreigners. Uh Uh-oh, they didn't like that too much. That didn't sit right with those who were listening to Jesus' first sermon because Luke shares that they drove Jesus out of town after that. And so now, if Jesus' sermon sounds familiar, it should. Um, Well, there's another text that, a little bit further earlier in the Gospel of Luke, the text shares that a pregnant Mary meets a pregnant uh, Elizabeth, and then Mary sings out, "'My soul magnifies the Lord, "'for God has looked with favor "'on the lowliness of his servant. "'The mighty has done great things. "'God has scattered the proud, Brought down the powerful from their thrones, lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things. He sends the rich away empty. Sounds like Jesus got his theology from his mama. And still, if that sounds familiar, and it should, I made a connection that I really hadn't done so personally until I went to St. Paul AME's Christmas Cantata, Isaiah, and then Mary's Magnificat, and then Jesus' first sermon sounds a lot like Miriam's song in Exodus. After God saves the Israelites from Egypt and they pass through the Red Sea on dry land, Miriam sings out, sing to the Lord, for God has triumphed. Horse and rider, God has thrown into the sea. As we long for hope in a hopeless world, I see a pattern, God's holy reversal of rich and poor, wealth and hunger, God's might and divine action, subverting our ideas and actions of what strength and might might look like, flipping of tables, the first being last, and the last being first, (coughs) just being honest. This has the potential to make me, and perhaps you, uncomfortable. As someone with privilege and who is not poor, it's kind of hard for me to say that I'm rich, but when I look at the entirety of the world, I would say I'm pretty well to do. someone with privilege and wealth, Miriam's song, Isaiah's proclamation, Mary's song, Jesus' sermon make me uncomfortable. But perhaps that's the point. It holds up a mirror and forces me to reflect on my wealth and how I got it and what I do with it. And if that wealth aligns with what God is up to in the world, in, with, and through the gift of Christ. We've been reflecting on and lifting up how Advent and Christmas challenges us to take a deeper look at where we find hope and where God may show up. Reflecting deeper with who God aligns with, with how we define who is first and who is last and what tables still need flipping. In a few moments, we will sing together Mary's Magnificat, We will sing a song with Mary that perhaps she sang to Jesus as a lullaby. Maybe it was a song that he was taught from very, very little. Perhaps it was a song that he knew by heart. And so yeah, when we sing that part that says, and the wealthy has no part, the uh, inclusive grace that I've been Lutheran theologically trained in feels a little weird but we don't want cheap grace, right? Authentic grace leads us to respond to it. It leads to action. Authentic grace calls and shifts and challenges us to use our gifts and wealth, however we define it, for the good, for change, to align our gifts with what God is up to in the gift of the Christ. The and leave the wealthy no part, holds up a mirror to the horse and rider, to the pharaohs, to the herods, to those who are first, on whether they align with what God is up to in the gift of Christ or not. And while in the end love wins, grace will win, Miriam's song, Isaiah's proclamation, Mary's song, Jesus' sermon reminds and challenges us There is still work to do. This goes for hope as well. The season of Advent, it is a season of hope. And yet, it is not just hope for hope's sake. Hope has a direction. Hope isn't the final destination. Rather, it steers us in the direction God calls us to go. Hope isn't the object of the verb. Hope is grounded and looks to what God promises to do of Christ. This hope also leads to action. When we hope, we take steps to change the world. Hope isn't wishful thinking or optimism or toxic positivity, nor escapism, meaning that we leave the present world. Rather, it grounds us in the world and helps us to align with what God is doing I saw this the other day, I thought it was really good. It said, optimism sees the glass half full. Hope asks how we might fill the glass. So may the lure and challenge of Advent and Christmas help us discover and hold on to hope. Then may it move us to engage with what God is already doing in the gift of Christ. Even Christmas isn't the story, rather it's a preview, it's a clue, it's a foreshadowing of what God has done, is doing, will do the rest of our collective stories. So we long for hope, ground our hope, perhaps even as protest at times. That hope leads us to action That is the spirit of Christmas, working in, with, and through you and me, holding on to hope. Thank you for listening. If there is anything that stood out for you, or if you have a question, or you just want to have a conversation, you are always free to reach out and contact us. And remember you are not alone and that you are loved with a love stronger than death.